It's no big mystery that we have different perspectives of the Bible, of God, and of faith. But what is seemingly a mystery is how to come together in these times. When you go online and you may share your perspective, man, does it feel like you can get attacked. So how do we deal with spiritual bullies? How do we overcome trauma whenever someone asks, well, show me a Bible verse. How did Jesus do it? All of this is stuff we're talking about because honestly, one of the hardest things is trying to come together and understand each other's perspective. It's our natural reaction to want to go into defense mode. But sometimes love looks a lot more like walking away than it does trying to explain how you came to where you're at. Because let's be honest, we each experience Christ in different phases on different levels throughout life. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the consequences. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 122. And today we're talking about how to deal with spiritual bullies. This is going to be a fun one. I was going to say, I feel like we've talked about this. Like last year, it was Bullying for Christ. Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess we did talk a lot about this. Mm -hmm. But it's worth revisiting. Yes, yes. Because we've been bullied a lot lately. (laughs) Recently on TikTok. (laughs) It'll be fun. We'll talk it through because I feel like we all need a little bit of that. So let's get right to that conversation. So yeah, we've talked about this a little bit before, but man, does it suck getting bullied for having just a little bit of a different belief. Uh, it, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Whenever someone's like, well, can you give me a scripture to back up your claim? Can you give me this blah, blah, blah? Well, what about this verse? Oh my gosh, you get so old. And there's like this constant thing where it's like, Within the Christian faith, we instantly go to this defense mechanism of like, well, show me where it says that in the Bible. And then you do. And they're like, well, yeah, but this verse clearly says, (laughs) oh, my gosh, let's just start out the gate with saying you can justify anything with the Bible verses. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, like any claim that you have for or against somebody, something, you can find a verse for your argument, no matter what the argument is, because People take scripture out of context all the time. And I honestly feel like, yeah, like you could find a verse for any argument you have. I guarantee you, if I really wanted to, I could find an argument for why we should die all grass blue. And like, I know that sounds stupid. I guarantee you we could. Like, I could find some weird Bible verse somewhere to push my agenda for why we should dye our lawn blue. Uh, outside of the whole everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial verse. <laughs> but I'm sure I can find something uh, to, to justify that. You can literally take the book, the Bible, whatever, and construe it any which way you want to because it's a big book full of a lot of words. Well, and some people have said to me, to us, um, or I've even seen it in passing online where people say like, well, you cannot twist the scripture. The The Bible stands on this is God's word and you can't manipulate this. You can't whatever. And I'm like, Satan did it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Satan literally manipulated scripture 
to Jesus, to, to, to the son of God. Like, yes, you can absolutely twist scripture. Well, and I actually want to get into that very verse here in just a minute, but just kind of building off of what you were saying, like, yeah, I mean, that's completely true. Not only can you, uh, I don't, I don't get how people say that a like, well, you, it clearly says, okay, the Bible is as clear as mud on a new moon, okay? Like, when people say the Bible clearly says, that's in the same vein of churches say that they preach only the Bible. Yeah. Or, I mean, that's like saying, I don't even know how to describe that. That's, it's so, okay. It's impossible to say the Bible clearly says, because the Bible doesn't clearly say anything. It contradicts itself a lot. And I'm not sitting here saying, I want to talk for a second about this. We kind of got on this tangent. I feel like this is worth talking about. Is the Bible infallible? We were talking about uh, the or the infallibility, or I guess, or more specifically, inerrancy of the Bible versus uh, like metaphor and stuff like that. And I was saying how like you can't really compare the two. Metaphor and inerrancy aren't even the same thing. If you, but it is if you use the lens of uh, specifically talking about if you use the lens of what's the word I just said? I literally inerrant. just said inerrant and what else? Metaphor. metaphor. Thank you. If you use, it's one of those mornings. If you use the lens of metaphor to look at the Bible, the Bible can very well be inerrant because all of the Bible's uh, life lessons can apply. But if you look at the Bible as through a lens of like literalness, then it's impossible for the Bible to be inerrant, no matter how much we want to claim otherwise. So a lot of things that kind of boil back to like, why do people bully us for scripture? Uh, why do people like want to use scripture as a battering ram? Well, I mean, if you look at it that way, a lot of people are taught that the Bible has to fit or it fits this weird package of perfection. And so when you read something in context, out of context, whatever they've heard a message preached on it, whatever it is, we're taught this is what the Bible says. Clearly, air quotes, clearly it says that. So this is how we have to take it. And then we use that very same thing as a battering ram because whenever someone challenges that, we feel like our faith is being challenged or they feel looking at like whoever is bullying. I've been that person too. So I'll say me, you know, like we look at it as if, oh, well, they're challenging our our actual faith journey. Uh, and so we take these scriptures and we apply them one way through this literal lens when in reality, most of the stuff is figurative. And even the stuff that is a little more literal is still steeped in tradition and, and all these other contexts that are outside of our 2020 or whatever year we're currently in when you're listening to this uh, view in mindset, right? And so, okay, let's back up for a second. You have a scripture and someone says something. Well, let's just use an actual example. Elaine posted a TikTok video on our page that said uh, something along the lines of like, uh, we focus too much on the bad in Christianity. We focus too much on hell. Well, I actually posted originally, so I posted two different TikToks. The first TikTok was... It was basically along the lines of like, uh, we need to see the Jesus in all yeah, of us. seeing the Jesus in all of us and seeing the Christ in all of us is literally based upon our episode last week. And so somebody... Of course, there's people trying to negate me and argue with everything of what I was saying, saying like, we are all bad and we all have sin and blah, 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 blah. And so I was talking with Cody. I was like, I don't know how to respond to these uh, respond. Or I don't know. I don't know how to respond to these comments. And Cody had said, well, you know, we focus too much on sin. 
we focus too much on hell. And that was pretty much the gist of the first video of all the comments is we all have sin. We all blah, 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 blah. And so I had a follow-up video the next day. It was like, you know, the worst thing about Christianity or the, or the biggest problem with Christianity is that we focus too much on this. And instead, we should be focusing more on the goodness of God. We should be focusing more on the love and forgiveness and mercy, all of that stuff. And we focus way too much on hell and sin and death and decay and all of those things. And that's kind of where this conversation mm-hmm. kind of started. Well, and to kind of put an emphasis on that, why do we focus more? I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you get this. The more you focus on whatever you focus on, whatever you give attention to is what is going to grow. If you are in your garden and you give more attention to the weeds than you do the crops, the weeds are going to flourish. You know what I mean? Even if it's plucking them out, you're still, I mean, I get, you get, it's all analogies fall apart at some point, but you get what I'm saying. Like the more you go out and you nurture one thing, the more it's going to grow. If you're constantly nurturing this, we're nothing but bad. We need to focus on the bad. We're going to focus on the bad. You're just nurturing more bad inadvertently. And so, like, we as a Christian, like, the traditional Christian views, we love to focus on these negative things. And then whenever someone comes in and is like, actually, God is love. God is this. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's try to focus on this other aspect. It tends to put us into a funk of wanting to get defensive because it's hard for us to love ourselves. And especially with the spiritual bullying thing, something I want to kind of resolve to here before we move on. People bully spiritually out of an insecurity in their own faith walk or in a uh, a teaching of something that they have been told is truth, not realizing other perspectives. It's hard. Yes, and you want to say? Well, I was going to say, um, I actually posted one of the comments. I blocked out the names and everything, but I actually posted one of the comments in our Nomads group. Shout out to Nomads. Yes, if you're not a the, member, yep. go, go join Nomads. <laughs> yes. So I posted in Nomads and somebody actually said that they used to be that person mm-hmm. and that the only and that the reason why they used to respond that way is because they were insecure of the things that they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And that's that's I mean that's pretty much it. When you look at people, most people bully. This goes to physical bullying, this goes to mental bullying, uh, verbal abuse, spiritual abuse, whatever. It's a sense of trying to control one's atmosphere. Because they are feared that if they do not control the atmosphere, that they are inferior and or that something bad will happen. If I can sit here and tell you, actually, that's not the way Jesus is. Jesus doesn't want you to see the good in everyone. That justifies someone from having to look at someone who has a separate belief from them or someone who has hurt them or a different political affiliation than them. And they can then villainize those people because they have... um, they have per- given it permission spiritually to do so. Mm-hmm. And it creates this uh, mindset of, oh, I don't have to see the good in that person because that person is bad. If I create the, the, the specifically talking to what you were saying, the, the video you posted about how there's Christ in all of us and we need to focus on seeing the Christ. If you took the time to focus on the Christ and someone you hated, you couldn't hate them. Yeah. It's impossible to hate someone in love. It is impossible to hate someone uh, well, I guess it's possible to hate someone in love because love and hate are very similar, but it's impossible to to loathe someone or have disdain for someone through the lens of Christ because that is a bastardization of love. That is kind of sin in and of itself. It's, it's a manipulation of love. And so uh, you can't have that playing together. So, of course, you're going to say, no, actually, I disagree. I want to see the bad in people because that justifies you 
casting stones. Well, and people who see the bad in other people are really just seeing the bad in themselves. Right. I mean, this literally is verbatim. They're projecting that. They're projecting whatever sin or whatever thing that they're struggling with, whatever they hate about themselves, they're projecting that onto other people. Right. And that's verbatim the story of the woman caught in adultery or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. They're all lining up like, look at this sinner. We see the bad she's done wanting to stone her to death, right? I mean, which was law, mind you. Let's even put that in perspective. The law was on these people's side. They had every right within the law set by their governing agencies to beat this woman to death with rocks, okay? Like, that was within their rights. And we do that just with words. Oh, yeah. But then you look at Christ who comes, he's like, hey, this woman has Christ in her. Okay, like, sure, that wasn't his exact words. Don't at me. (laughs) You can't. I don't care. But, I mean, literally, he's like, hey, this woman actually uh, is good. He spoke truth into her life. You know, she she is good. She is not a bad person. Sure, go and sin no more. Go and change your mindset. Get out of the funk you were in. I'm not saying stay there and wallow in it. But he spoke life over her, spoke her truth over her. Her exactly. truth wasn't that she was bad or that she was a sinner or that she was a wretch or that she was a prostitute or whatever you, you want to call her, any negative word you want to call her. He said, you have Christ in you. Go and focus on the Christ in you. Right. And then he literally says, he draws the line and he's like, who here really has the right to throw a stone? Who here hasn't done something that they are not ashamed of and uh, wishes, like who here could not be in this woman's shoes right now? Now, is that saying that everyone is bad? No, I don't I don't think that's what it's saying at all. I think that's what it's saying is everyone can put yourself in someone else's shoes to say we are all in need of that redemption at some point. We can all experience redemption. And literally, they all go home. Why? Because he chose to see the good, the Christ in her instead of seeing the bad. Well, and Christ being... <laughs> both human but also 100% Christ he was the only person who could say hey i have no sin within me yep and he still didn't call out the sin within her exactly and that shows i think the most of all of it i mean he did say go and sin no more sure that's that's ultimately all of us right Just go and break free of those negative things that are holding us back sin holds us back i mean i agree mm-hmm. with i'm not sitting here arguing or negating the existence of things that are holding us back but i think, I think you we should acknowledge Sure, sure. I think we glorify sin, though. I think we take sin and put it on this pedestal. And okay, bear with me. Like, I know that sounds weird, but we do. We put it on this pedestal almost like we put, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'll use a fictional. It's like almost like how you would put a villain from a movie on a pedestal, right? Like, oh, wow, they're just this powerful being that we have to defeat. Like, they're like the top tier boss that we have to beat up all the little baddies to get to to finally win. And that's not it at all. It's just a reaction. It is simply, and it's just a, a a twist of truth. It is just a little bit off from truth. It's it's just, it's literally, it comes from the archery turn missing the mark, right? Like, okay, so I didn't hit a bullseye, so I'm just going to readjust. It's not like it's the end of the world. You haven't categorized yourself. This whole line in the sand unction that Jesus used is so beautiful to me because that's how we view sin it's like oh they're over here and i'm over here but in reality it's it's just a slight miss and then a recalculation is needed so it's like okay i missed it a little bit on this one it's kind of like whenever you you say something stupid right you i think we've all been in that situation where you say something like crap that didn't come out right i probably just hurt that person's feelings i apologize let me explain what i truly meant there okay you missed the mark you sinned whatever 
but you just recalculate. It's not this damning thing like, oh, I sinned. Oh, no, I have to repent. I'm going to hell. We view it as like this huge action that separates us from God and everything. When in reality, when you see it as a mindset, it's just it's a slight miscalculation. And just because you commit a sin does not make you a sinner, right? Christ died, uh, and now we are no longer a slave to the nature of sin. Does that mean we don't sin? No, it just means that we are no longer sinners. And you're only a, a, quote, slave to sin if that is what you focus on. Right, exactly. You give power. You get the more thought you give to sin, the more passion or the more you put it on a pedestal, of course you're going to be sinning more because you're focusing on that very thing. And it's just like, I don't know what the term is in psychology, but in psychology or semantics, language is everything. Because we were watching a TikTok video, and this has nothing to do with church or anything, but we were watching a TikTok video and it was from a teacher. And she was talking about how if she has students who like get up on the counter or on the table and she wants them mm-hmm. to get off, um, she... Uh, Basically, yeah. she's, does, she... Tells them what she wants, doesn't correct them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she basically, like, shortens the sentence in language that they understand. It's like, floor now. Instead of, get off the table, do not stand on the table. It's like, all the kid is going to hear is, okay, well, I'm going to stand on the the table table, more. And it's the same thing with sin. It's like, do not sin or do not do this. And Do not lust. Yeah. And you're like, curse. Do not blah, blah, blah. Now I'm focusing on lusting. Now I'm focusing on, you know, cursing my fellow man or whatever. Like the more power you give to it, of course, you're going to be a slave to that. Of course, you are going to keep doing that if that is the only focus that you have. But if you have the focus of floor now or focus of love now, go and love, go and see the Christ, go go be like the Christ and all that, well, that's where your focus is going to shift. Right. And that's like, I mean, like find something you love. Okay. I'm going to use my wife, Elaine, as an example. If I woke up every day and said, Cody, don't hate your wife today. Don't hate her. Don't look for everything she does wrong. Don't look at all of her little flaws or things that she does that just doesn't make sense or because we all do those. I'm not nitpicking on Elaine right now, but you see instantly you go, oh, well, d- does she do things wrong? Does she does she do things that annoy her husband? And that's where your mind starts going internally. That is where our brain starts going. Don't don't judge your wife today for the way she drives. I'll use that one because I feel like that's when you always get Boy, mad at get me out for. Of here. Don't judge the way she drives. Instead, wow, I'm going to see all the beautiful things my wife does today. I'm going to see all the good things that she is amazing at. I'm going to see all the ways she encourages me. I'm going to look for the positive. Do you see even the little words themselves? One frames it as, oh, does she do something wrong that we're having to try to look over? Versus, oh, wow, like, Look at like she must do a lot of really good things because that's where we're putting our focus. Wherever you set your intent to focus on is what you are going to intentionally uh, or unintentionally even create. You're going to manifest that. Do you have something else you're about to say? Because I'm going to keep rambling. Okay. So the reason we're bringing this up, people that bully people in the name of Christ. See, this is going somewhere. We're not just ranting, raving. People that bully someone with the Bible, with, with scripture, all of that are caught up in sin. Wow. Okay. They're sinning. Yeah, they, they really are. It is sinful. How? Because they're focusing on the negative. They're focusing on the bad. Am I saying you can't focus on what's wrong? No, I'm not saying uh, you can't address. Let me say that. it's You should not focus, but you can address you what should is focus. wrong. You, or not you focus. should not You address. should address. You yeah. should acknowledge because then you can't change anything. Right. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, wow, uh, the pot on the stove, it just caught on fire. 
Uh, I'm just going to speak about all the things that aren't burning. No, you need to go put a lid on it and snuff it out. Don't throw water on it. If it's oil, it'll explode. But you know what I mean? Like you're going to go put a lid on it. You're going to snuff out the fire. But what I'm saying. You can still be proactive. Yes. In changing that behavior or changing that cause. But how do you be proactive? Well, it takes action and it takes positive action. Okay, something is on fire. How do I need to fix that? Do I sit there and pour water all over it or try to dump all everything all over it to, or what's another, am I just going to pour more oil on it? No. Am I going to fan it? No. That's the wrong action. That creates more problems. Okay, what is the proper action? To just put a lid on it. Okay. Another thing. We had a water leak. Oh, crap. There's water pouring everywhere. What is the positive action? Is it to mop? No. Is it to... Uh, I don't know, run around and scream. No, it's to go turn the water off. That's the first thing. You have to take care of the first thing. Is that saying you need to sit there and freak out and all these things? Like, you have to address the initial thing, but then you have to make positive action. You cannot just sit there and focus on only the negative. You can't just focus on the water pouring out. You have to go and turn the water off. It's the same thing with people. We constantly want to barrage with the negative, the negative, but those people are actually, the bullies are caught up in some form of sin. Or hurt. Or hurt, yeah, very much so. It is something that has happened, whether they have been taught it or they only focus on that because they see themselves that way or whatever it is that deems them. Maybe it's superiority and wanting to be dominant. That's a huge issue, Is which even that comes Relates from, back to trauma right. and hurt of a time where they weren't. Exactly, and that comes that whole controlling nature of I have to control my environment uh, because if I don't, then um, things are going to go to chaos. All of this ties back to those things and that assertion and realizing that it is just a manipulation of the truth of Christ. And it's hard to deal with people like that. It's hard to deal with them in love because your instant reaction is I've been hurt. Now I want to fire back. I want to attack back. And something you were saying that one of the people in our group had commented says every time, go ahead, say it, because I don't remember exactly what she's saying, but basically like every time I uh, respond out of anger. Well, yeah, yeah, she had said that she doesn't know that being super nice is the right way to go, but also knows that being super rude isn't the way about it either, because she said every time she lashes out at somebody who hurt her, she feels worse. Yeah, and so... I just kind of want to just tie all this together and then hit a couple things before we close this thing out. But uh, basically what we're getting at here is people bully based on their own sin. And when I say sin, I'm not talking about their dirty little skeletons hiding in their closet. I'm talking about their mindset that tells them they have to be right or that you have to be wrong because they're invalidated by your belief. They're invalidated by your differing opinion or they are threatened by something else i don't know how many times elaine has posted a video and they have got like jumped down her throat for being a female talking about god because of one little bible verse right disregarding all the other bible verses or all the other historical evidences that talk about women preachers or women in ministry or they say well yeah but it doesn't mean that or you can't take it out of context or or i didn't get that from that scripture and all of that and so like yeah Where does that leave us? That leaves us having to look at them and understand that we're never going to be able to say something to change that person's mind. You cannot, because so many times, show me that in the Bible. 
they have their scriptures already lined out to justify. They've already been trained to argue. Yeah, I mean, that's literally what is it? Herm, what, homin, homin, hermeneutics. Her, yeah, hermeneutics. Homiletics is the is preaching, but hermeneutics is literally how to defend your gospel. Right? We have an entire section, and I'm not saying this is necessarily wrong or right. But just think about that. We have an entire teaching within the church dedicated to how to defend your faith against someone who asks this question. If a question is having to be asked so much that you have to literally create an entire course to defend it, maybe there's a little bit of justification to that question. Well, and I actually, one of our mutual friends had said on his podcast, the truth doesn't have to be defended. Yeah, it's just the truth. It just stands by itself. You don't have to defend. You don't have to comment or you don't have to respond to every comment. You don't have to have scripture every time someone says, show me in the Bible. It's well, the truth just stands. It just exists all on its own. That's the beauty of God. Yep. And the, and the, the, the truth is you can spend all day, all day till you're blue in the face trying to explain, uh, this perspective but unless someone is willing to look past just some English interpretation of an ancient text that has been reinterpreted and reinterpreted over and over again, unless someone is willing to look past uh, decades of teachings that have changed meanings and decades of new ways of thinking and all of this, you're never going to change someone's mind. So all you can do is love them. I have a few Bible verses that I actually that I actually want to pull up here, and uh, these are just a few things that I pulled up where Christ was actually bullied. And we can kind of use this to maybe close it out just a little bit. So in Mark 8, verse 11, the Pharisees came and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Okay, think about this. They're literally like, show me, prove to me, show me where. This is the equivalent, right? This is the equivalent of like, so show me where. Uh, and this, and then Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got in his boat and went to the other side. He had to walk away. Sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to realize that we cannot change someone's perspective because they're demanding something that doesn't exist. They're like, you can say all day long, oh, well, show me in the Bible. Sometimes, yeah, there's Bible verses you can use to justify it. Sometimes what they're looking for doesn't exist because they haven't experienced this, okay? They can Jesus can't give them a black and white sign because they wouldn't even receive it if it was there because they have not experienced and what they're going through. And you can't necessarily hold that against somebody. No. I think that's why Jesus didn't rebuke them. He sighed deeply. He like... <sighs> Literally realizing, I have nothing I can do to prove this to you. And how human of a characteristic is that? I love it. Like, love how, it so how human was Jesus in that? He's like, okay, well. <laughs> Sigh deeply in his spirit. And I feel like goes, I get that. And then sails off on a boat. <laughs> He's like, I, I just got to leave. I'm just going to get out and of I'm here. And I'm like, I felt that. <laughs> He's like, I don't even have it in me. to. Okay, there's a good way to deal with a bully right there. Sigh deeply in your spirit, realizing they just haven't encountered this aspect of God yet and just walk away. And don't hold that against them. Give them the room to do it. Yeah, don't hold it against them. They just, they don't, I think that's the hardest part for someone who has experience. It's kind of like deconstruction. I don't know how many times now by people of authority and just random other people along my path that have been like, 
oh, well, your church hurt is invalid because you just need to get over it. Everyone gets hurt in church. Like, that's just normal. I think we got Why a comment. How like, is that normal? I was going to say, I think we got a comment like that last week. Like, on how on earth is it normal to have hurt in church? Why is this normal? This should not be normal. If it is so normal that we have to disvalidate or unvalidate, whatever the proper use of opposite of validate or whatever it is. Invalidate. Terry, so invalidate. <laughs> Thank you. Someone else's perspective or someone else's experience because it's so common for this to happen. That's bullcrap. <laughs> but anyway, so this happens a lot. And sometimes Sighs you have to deeply. just do that. You just have to <laughs> deeply sigh and walk away because they haven't experienced that. And it's sad, but that's just part of it. Okay. Something else. I don't even remember which one this is, but I'm going to read it because I pulled it up. Uh, da, 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 da. Love your enemies. Oh, yes. Yeah, what, what, I don't even know what chapter. This is in Mark. I don't remember which chapter. Eight, I think. Uh, so, yeah. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Let's just think about that. What does it mean to resist? What is a What does a dam do? It holds back. Resisting is to push against, right? Don't push against evil. If anyone slaps you on the cheek, Turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. His calls, uh, he causes his son to rise on evil and the good. So literally, Christ shines on both bad and good. Look at that. The Christ in all of us. <laughs> and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Literally, waters gives life to both. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Okay, so let's just kind of break this down for a second. Uh, it's not eye for an eye. It's literally turn the other cheek. What does that mean? Uh, I don't necessarily think that means just get pulverized. Uh, Sometimes turning, it, I was going to say that kind of reminds me of like turning the other cheek is what Jesus did. He sighed and then went a different direction. Right, I was going <laughs> to say, I think I, the most powerful thing I've ever heard is turning the other cheek typically means like when you go to turn to walk away, you literally turn the other cheek as you walk away. Uh, but I also love how it's like, <clears throat> basically, if someone is looking to justify their means, don't fight it. Don't try to fight it. You know, if they're like, you're nothing but a hypocrite, you're nothing but this for believing that, it's not your place to try to defend where you are. You don't have to try to defend that. Let That's the not... truth stand by itself. Exactly. And if they force you to go a mile with them, if they force you into this place where it's like, well, show me this, show me this, show me this, be willing to walk with them when they have those questions later. Uh, and then basically loving your uh, loving your enemies or something else. Uh, I like the word enemy because I don't think people are enemies at all. I think that it's literally an enemy mindset. And we're, I'm going to kind of sum this up in just a second with that. But I, I think that uh, I love the part where it's actually, it's, this is in this verse or this chapter necessarily, but it's it goes on to talk about how whenever you love someone who persecutes you uh, in doing so, you're actually dumping burning coals on their head, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the fire of Christ is shown through love. I don't necessarily think it's like, ha, you're getting roasted. I think it's like the love of the love of Christ literally is being poured out, the fiery love of Christ, right? Anyway, 
So here's the one that I really wanted to, well, I'm going to read one more before we get to that, where I'm trying to resolve to. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. How many times have we been in that position where it's like, uh, you get those, uh, oh gosh, it's like pre-staged questions. It's like set up questions. I don't know. It reminds me of the meme. It's a trap. (laughs) I like that meme. Anyway, so it's, uh, it's literally like, well, so what do you believe about hell? What do you do? You believe that Christ is the Son? You like these weird. I was gonna say somebody asked me, so you're saying that you don't believe in hell, and I was like, I never even mentioned that in anything. It's, That's not even what I was talking about. They are literally set up questions because this person is confident in their opinion or that they Argument. feel like they have good herm. They're trying to put you into a hermeneutical trap to uh, keep you or to dis to disvalidate. Invalidate. invalidate. I keep messing that up. Invalidate you because they feel like if they can get you into this box and get you to say the wrong thing that you will no longer have validation in your speech. So basically trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion. Ooh, Jesus didn't care about anyone's (laughs) opinion. Think about that. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought him one and he said, whose likeness and inscription is on this? They said Caesar's. Jesus said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render to God the things that are God's. Jesus literally didn't even give him the time of day. He's like, give me that coin. Whose face is on this? Okay, then it doesn't belong to God. It belongs to man. Give it to man. Souls belong to God. Don't don't challenge me on this crap. This is a waste of time. Jesus didn't even throw scripture at them, okay? And let's be honest. He Jesus spoke threw... to them on a language that they understood. Ooh, that's good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and we see it as scripture now because Jesus said it, right? Yeah. It wasn't scripture at the time. This wasn't like, oh, yes, Habakkuk chapter 2 said, Jesus is like, just... Give it to man if it's man's and give it to God if it's God's. Why are you complicating this? Like, how many times do we feel we have to try to justify something with Scripture because our own our own words can't stand? But we have the Spirit. We are like Christ in the fact that we have Christ in us, right? That was the whole thing of Christ dying is to set us free and to give us Christ in us, to unlock the Christ in us. So in doing so, how often... Do we just not let our own words and our own understanding of God stand? Am I saying that we can't try to understand God more through the Bible, through prayer, all that? No. What I'm saying is like, sometimes we just have to let our heart stand because it's so, I you get what I'm saying. Okay. I'm going to sum this up. This is the one where we started. Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, that's a long time to go without food. He was hungry. I would be too. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. (laughs) I'd be pretty hungry too. Uh, This is, this sounds like a temptation I would face. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city, and he stood the high point of the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself. He commanded the angels concerning you, and you will lift him hands, and you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Okay, Satan, here, I know I just skimmed that really quick, but y'all know the verse. Satan's like, hey, this Bible verse says this. It says, uh, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in, uh, in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus is like, it is also written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. This is the epitome of the argument on the internet or anywhere else 
with uh, online debates about Christ, like God or whatever else. Someone's like, the Bible says this. And you're like, okay. And it also says this. Literally, Satan did that to God, to Christ. He's like, don't you know that the Bible says this? Or don't you know whatever they were following? You know what I mean? Like it was the, the Old Testament or the Torah or whatever they follow. I'm sorry, I'm not remembering the word exactly. But it's like, don't you remember that like they follow this? This is what you're supposed to do. And Jesus is actually like, well, it actually says this too. He nullified one statement with another statement pulling from the same ancient text. Okay, so that right there shows you, you can make an argument any way you want to because taking scripture and twisting it and contorting it in any direction is literally what Satan and Jesus did, okay? Well, and I, I want to brief this. We're not saying that anyone who negates you online is Satan. I might be. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I'm saying, like, that's not, they're not Satan. But whenever you view, if you view Satan as a mindset. Exactly. As the mindset exactly. coming against you, that is satanic. And that exactly. is the satanic mindset. And Jesus is like, okay, cool, but also this. <laughs> right. And that's exactly what it comes down to is you cannot, de- like, you can't even hold a, a, a mat or not hold a match, the wrong analogy. You can't negotiate with someone who's willing to throw scripture. Or who isn't ready to receive it. Exactly. Because they are using it within the context of their understanding, just as you are. Jesus used a verse within his understanding to justify his point. Satan or the satanic mindset uh, could have just been the human. I mean, we don't know what that is, but yeah. it's, a, it's a mindset, right? Uh, use the same, or if it's a physical being, who cares? It doesn't even matter. Uh, that is like, hey, I'm going to use this to justify my point, which goes back to what the Jewish language is anyway, being a Semitic language, where you quite literally have two different perspectives from different texts because it's meant to be interpreted by the interpreter. And so, in essence, all of these Bible verses where I interpret this verse to say this and you interpret it to say that, and they say opposing views that's pretty much accurate to how the thing was written in the first place because that's the whole point of Semitic languages is it is it trusts on the reader to interpret it the way they feel that they should be interpreting it in that moment, which leaves room for personal growth, right? And so, yeah, I mean, you could use that all day long and say, hey, your perspective, whatever, someone's not going to get it. They're not going to understand. They're not going to, I mean, they're just, because they haven't been through that place yet. And that's where we have to lovingly just let it go. We well, have to be willing I was to say, walk they away. They may not ever experience that. They may never be in that place. They may stay where they're at. Some people don't, or most people don't grow at the same level that you grow. Or the rate, yeah. Yeah. Does that make them a bad person? No, it just puts them on a different part of the spiritual journey. And God still loves them. And when they get to heaven and we're all up there talking, we'll all understand each other at that point. And, you know, that's just between them and God. And if they want to talk and honestly and sincerely learn uh, or to understand, then I say go into the conversation and mutually try to understand from them. But if you're in a position where you're just being bullied at it, A, try not to take it to heart. I know it's hard. It sucks whenever you're attacked, spiritually especially. But realize you're just on a different aspect of your faith journey Pray for them, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, right? Uh, and just allow them to have that perspective and be like what Elaine did. He's like, I appreciate your perspective. Even though the person retaliating said, it's not my perspective, it's just the truth or whatever they responded with. I just didn't say anything after that because I, I, I didn't have to. Exactly. 
Is it hard? Yeah, absolutely. Does it hurt at times? Yeah, absolutely. But if you're going to engage in these kind of conversations, just realize that person just doesn't get it right now and they might not ever. And that's okay. And it's kind of like summing up with the media right now. There's a million things you could tune into right now and just chaos, but you can't allow chaos to be your mindset. You can't allow sin to be your mindset. Get to peace and just allow that mentality to be what centers you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We greatly appreciate it. We would love to hear your perspective on all of this. All perspectives are always welcome with love and in love. Head over to Nomads, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions. You can find a link to it in the show notes below, and we'd love to have you a part. Guys, we just appreciate every one of you who listen. I just want to just kind of take a minute and just emphasize that. Like, if you take the time, if you're this far in, 122 episodes in, and you're and you're listening to this, even if you're new, you've only listened to a couple episodes, we just want to say that we really appreciate you, and you're not just a number, you're a person on the other end of this thing taking time to listen and your voice matters too so that's why i just i love nomads and i just want to kind of emphasize that again we don't really promo our stuff anywhere outside of just this show so uh yeah we would love to have you a part and as always be brave be bold and be reckless we'll We'll talk talk soon. soon